On today's episode of Moonshine and Music, we've got Melissa Sandulo. Melissa will talk to us about politics and the way the world is going on right now around music and artists uh, who are kind of out of work. And we're going to see some more performances from the Moonshine Circle shows last summer where Melissa took part. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful show right here on Moonshine and Music. This is Moonshine and Music with Joe Shelton. Wait a minute. That's me. Anyway, we're going to bring you some inspiring songwriters, musicians, and maybe some side challenges and other stuff around the music industry. So stick with us right now, because the show is coming your way. Woo! Moonshine and music starts right now. Hello. Hey. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm over here in Moonshine and Music Land. Yeah, I'm over here in uh, my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, it's just got the best light. I'm not on the toilet. Uh, <laughs> I'll prove it. Okay. It's all good. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> so, uh, welcome to the show. I'm already starting this thing. I figured. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um, uh, it's been a while. I know uh, we've been all locked up and cooped up in our houses, and um, you've been selling yours or something. So, uh, yeah, trying to. <laughs> right in the middle of. Uh, of the crisis, you know, why not? Right. Well, we figured, you know, we were dumb enough to buy a house during the crisis. So maybe somebody else will be. <laughs> yeah. You just never know. Right. You never know. Um, so our feedback today, there was, um, there was a couple that came and looked at it today and the feedback was mostly positive, but then, um, they they looked out our bedroom window which is on the second story and you can see down into our neighbor's backyard and our neighbor has a pig not like a not like a little pot belly pig like a full-on hog is that so like said, that do with your neighborhood association and such or are there no rules where you are i think that <laughs> we looked at the covenants and you're technically not supposed to have livestock but I, I would think not. I'm just, you know, spiffing. they're not, they're not raising it for me. It's like their family pet. I don't know. They've gotten around it somehow. They, the, the pig has been here since before we were. Um, and I, it's really, it's not a nuisance or anything, but you know, the they were very, very turned off by a pig being in the backyard. I'm sure they're not very loud, you know? No, it, no. I mean, different from like roosters that would be horribly loud you know right right that would have been a deterrent for us if they had had a rooster but it doesn't doesn't stink or anything now sometimes on a saturday morning we'll hear it kind of we'll hear that 
sound a little bit on a Saturday morning, but for the most part, it's not a problem. And it's actually kind of turned into a neighborhood mascot because sometimes their kids will take it out on a walk, on a leash. Like on a leash or on like a rope? Like, like, a, like a leash? An actual leash. I bet you've never seen a pig on a leash. No, I've seen what like in, in movies and stuff sometimes somebody will have a pet pig and it'll be on like a rope. Instead of yeah, like, maybe it's more of a rope. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, think it's really that problematic, but I don't know. <laughs> if if it keeps us from selling our house, then we may go go into the bacon industry. We had these people down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we all enjoy the bacon, right? Uh, yeah. We had these people down the street for me that literally had like a seven foot tall metal chicken in the front of their house. Oh. Yeah, that was against covenants apparently, and they had to remove it. <laughs> and it, was, it wasn't even a real chicken. No, but it was giant. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it was massive, and somebody said it was there, and I was like, "What? No." <laughs> I had to drive by to like appreciate yeah. people people are yeah I mean whatever I mean to each his own it's right? fine I mean we don't care we're like whatever when we bought the house um they didn't have a privacy fence yet and the pig was really little when we it was like a baby pig when we bought the house and we thought oh that's so cute the kids are gonna love having a pig in the backyard and then the pig got bigger and bigger it never has bothered us though. <laughs> well, it's an interesting topic. This is this is the stuff yeah. you covered during COVID. <laughs> right. This is I feel like this is the kind of stuff you and I would be talking about anyway, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't you? We wouldn't talk about like, you know, music or anything generally. We would talk about whatever we would talk about all the other stuff that somehow inevitably turns into songs. So <laughs> fine. True. I mean, the weirdest stuff becomes a song sometimes. It I, does. I, especially for some people, like artists like Chris Wolf. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> any topic is open, you know? So, yeah. As long if if you are good at metaphors, you can write a song about anything. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I, make it. I mean, you could write a song about anything anyway. <laughs> yeah, you can but do it literally. Metaphors help. Metaphors make it uh, so that you don't have to get so graphic. Right. <laughs> Unless you want to. Yeah. I uh, mean. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you I, can. I, I feel like um, it, it's been a, a while since you were on the show. I know you were on for the songwriting challenge. But um, we filmed this yeah. little bit. And that, like the shows that I'm putting together right now, you know, because we're in lockdown, are um, to get these moonshine circle shows like out there because we we filmed them a long time ago, and I never did. Yeah. I never did like edit them, and uh, so I was like, you know, I, I should touch base with a few of those folks and put out their pieces of the performance. Yeah. And, and you were you were on one of the shows, and um. So, you know, I, I, it was a fun experience doing them, uh, like a summer full of uh, songwriter rounds. Did yeah. When you did it, you know? I loved it. I love songwriter rounds. Um, it's one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things to do. 
I think one of the cool things in the- is that not what you asked me. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. well, and, and I think in this one, one of the cool things is that we had a real like grand piano there oh, in yes. place, and you got to play like a really nice grand piano instead of you yeah. know whatever you can carry in, right? It's always nice when I don't have to carry in my piano. <laughs> like, even if it had been a really crappy piano, I probably would have still played it. <laughs> like, oh, there's piano. Oh, oh it's, you know. Old broken upright piano. Perfect. Super flat. And that's mine. I'm going to make it work. No, but that, that, that was a beautiful piano. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm going to intersperse the songs throughout here, unlike, you know, our regular shows where I put them all at the end. So, okay. insert song here. This is a song about a bad dream I had.
but um <laughs> you know as we come back from that i i, I feel like um the 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 venue there which is no longer like a music venue um it happened before um was, was kind of the stop of of these shows you know yeah um and uh this particular piece where you got to be around that you know cool piano was uh, one of my favorite kind of moments of the series um because it was just so you know uh, it felt like a real show. Like we had some stuff over at the side and stuff on the side, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I don't know. Um, the, have you done a lot of uh, songwriter rounds or is it, um, you know, I've done several and I, I'd really like to do more. I, I feel like I'm, I'm getting to a point um, now where, well, I think we're all there now because we just miss being around people, but collaborating with other artists um, is really where I'd like to see where I'd like to see myself kind of turn. Um, I love, I love playing shows on my own, but there's something so special about a songwriter round because number one, you get to collaborate with other musicians. Um, the other thing is that I really love how the, you know, like um, Megan played that show. We, we were on the same show and I, I loved how, um, you know, she would play a song and then it would bring a different song to mind for me than maybe I had initially planned on playing during that set. And I like how uh, the artists tend to, feed each other during uh, during a songwriter round that is very true that is my favorite thing about it i think like yeah. uh, playing one myself is just the way that you, the whole room vibe of the room gets changed from person to person yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. like, oh, they played three sad songs in a row that's it i'm pulling out a yeah. <laughs> i'm pulling out a happy one we gotta break the string you know and another yeah. time like, okay you know what I, I got one that's sadder than what you just did <laughs> i can't <laughs> we've got to make somebody really question their life before they leave <laughs> exactly that i mean that's you know if you can't do that then what are you doing what are you doing what are you even doing <laughs> um, so um you know i i know that that you had um you know because i was at the record show where you launched uh your last one and uh it was on the in-between do you want to talk about that record and, and uh, you know, how, what your experience has been with it? Maybe that's a good, a good question. You know, how it's been, yeah. how you feel like it, it does when you play it live. It, like I could have um, questions on that. So. You know, it's really funny because when people ask me about that, I have different things to say about it depending on <laughs> the day. Um, I felt like, I felt like this one, delved more into political themes than, than what I have, um, in the past. But then, you know, when I look at other records I've done, you know, I had a big me too moment in the poets and misfits album. Um, then on, uh, eating shadows there, there were songs about abuse. And, um, I think, this time around, I tried to 
maybe tell other people's stories uh, through my own lens a little bit. Um, specifically regarding the way that our current leadership has handled some issues. Um, one of the songs on that album, The Emperor's New Clothes, was a, was a big one for me. And I, as I'm thinking back to the day I sat down to write it, um, and I'm probably going to step on some toes talking about this. Um, when I started writing it, I had just read a posting um, that a person that I really respected, I read one of their posts and it was just bending over backwards to defend some decisions that were being made, bad decisions that were being made um, by our administration. And I was just stunned. And I started thinking about how, you know, he, he has really convinced us that he's wearing very fine clothes. <laughs> um, so I just, I, I don't know. I think that song itself kind of set the tone for that project. Um, I don't think some of the other songs were maybe quite as overtly political in nature. Um, there were some love songs in there, but, um, all right. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, this is a pretty new one. It's going to be on the new EP coming out in September, getting ready to hit the studio at the end of June with my band, The Neighbor Kids. So do you ever feel like um, somebody's telling you you're seeing something you're not seeing or they tell you that you're not seeing what you think you're seeing and they try to make you feel crazy? It's like a magic show. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I've experienced some of that in recent years under certain leadership. So that's all I'm going to say about it. That's what this song's about. Nope, played it wrong.
be quiet while they admire the emperor's new clothes hey while they're quiet let's start a riot everyone who knows it's time It's always hard when you're going to put yourself out there like with something political, especially, especially in, in the charged environment that we have and, and um, the way that it's so divisive. I mean, I've had, yeah. I've had many people um, not listen to me anymore, like just literally block my music or whatever. They tell me, uh, send me a DM. I like your record, but I'm not going to follow you anymore because I don't like your politics. And, and I don't really put my politics on my music page. You know, right. I don't believe it all. It, it's just my personal profile, and sometimes people, you know, they're they they actually wanted to be regular friends with me or something, and I don't. I'm not opposed as long as they're right. Um, and so, but it's uh, you know, I've I've had people do that, like, and yeah. it's, it's a really weird situation because I don't generally unfriend people for disagreeing with me. It's when they start right. belligerent that I. <laughs> That they might get. That's, um, I've not had. I've not had too much trouble um, with people just getting belligerent with me about my music. One thing that you know, I talked a little bit about metaphors, and I think one thing that we we have to do as writers is even if we are delivering a message that is going to ruffle some feathers. I want to say it in a way that I want to be like playfully subversive. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, can um, I think that being subversive is, is kind of a, a cornerstone to being a good artist that we don't, you know, I, I feel like creative people and I'm, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make a political statement here. I just think that in general, creative people have a tendency to subvert the status quo. And I like to be playful about that. And I don't want to 
poke fun at somebody that disagrees with me. Um, but I do kind of want to playfully tease somebody if they can't call a spade a spade. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, I know. I have, um, I, uh, but I, I, you know, when you talk about that subversive nature, like some of my favorite songs are that. Like, yeah. you know, like Pink Houses is one of my favorite songs, the John Mellencamp song. Right. Because I know what it's really about, but a lot of people like think it's a rah rah America song. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, and it's, it's so I love that subversion thing. Frank Dean's yeah. song that he doesn't like to play anymore. Um, uh, that is, um, it's called uh, White People on Alcohol. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> you heard it. But it's, it's, it's a really sarcastic song that makes fun of the drunk people that might be in the audience. And yeah. people started like singing it like it was an anthem. And, he, and so he didn't like playing it anymore. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. and it's, it's probably my favorite song by him just because it's so, you know, I love it that yeah. people think it's not, that, that they don't get it. <laughs> right. <You know? laughs> right. They think it's a, uh, you know, a, a good thing. What do you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of dig that. I like it when, when there's a little bit of, uh, you know, undercurrent. You know. Well, and I think you know, I I hear a lot. Why can't entertainers stay out of politics? Just you know, just entertain us. Just sing your songs and do this and that. And it's like if you, if I don't comment on what's happening in the world and have an opinion on it, like, is there anything really even timely about what I'm doing? Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not that, and that's, that's just me. There are plenty of music artists that, that just play love songs, you know, <laughs> and just tell stories about their lives. And I respect that, but that, that's not enough for me. If I, if I have an ability to say something about what's going on in the world, then I want to try to say it in a fun, beautiful way. And, um, I'm not always going to be a Pollyanna about it. Like I want to call out the things that aren't right and people may not agree with that and that's okay i think that we can disagree with each other and be respectful and be kind i have friends who lean very differently than i do politically and we're able to have discussions and i'll never agree with where they are but i can at least understand to a point where they're coming from doesn't mean that we're going to agree, but I can understand. And I think that if we seek to understand each other, then we're going to treat each other differently and, and find out that we're not totally on opposite pages. If I, that makes sense. I, I kind of believe that 90% of us are not on opposite pages. We're, yeah. we're, we're, we're in this vast mainstream and that, you know, over the last few years, what's happened is that the 5% on either end have just become very loud. Yes. You know? And, and, and so loud that they kind of pull 
a lot of the people that are really in the middle to the edge, but right. stop and take a breath, they'll go, oh, wait a minute. I'm not really that, <laughs> you know, I'm not really that. Yeah. I don't really believe in absolutes like that, you know? And, and I think, yeah, I would agree with that. And I think that we've, we've gotten to a point culturally where we want to make all of our points on social media. And we just want to argue. Here's a, a comment just came through just now. I've, I'm on my phone doing this. And, and so and there's a, up there. Yeah. I got involved in a, <laughs> I wasn't really even trying to debate, but I got involved in a Facebook debate today and I just saw that <laughs> I got another comment and I'm like, Whoop, I'm done. not productive anymore. But no, but I, that I'm good. Yeah. I think that we, we have gotten to a point, though, where that's what we do. We argue behind a screen, and it's so much easier to say nasty things to each other when we don't have to look at somebody's face and look them in the eye and um, hear their voice when they answer back to us. We don't, it's, so, it's so much easier to be hateful when we're not sitting across the table from somebody. And I think that, you know, for me, I try not, now I do, I do post things that are, you know, pertinent to what, I got another one. <laughs> I just, I gotta go like, find the thread later. <laughs> um, I do, I do when I feel like it's necessary because I do think that um, I have some, some influence some, you know, whatever, but I, I feel like if there's something that I want to say, I'll say it, but I try to be kind about it. I try not to sling mud at people. Um, well, you know, I've, I, heard, I've heard people on, on that, uh, on that topic there that, uh, you know, that are musicians that say you shouldn't do any of that posting of those things. Cause it's, it throws away half your audience. And I'm like, as if I was going to have the whole audience anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. there's no way that everybody right. like my music. It's just right. ridiculous. You know, I've actually yeah. live a few hundred times or close to a thousand probably in my life shows. And I've been in there. Not everybody yeah. likes what I'm playing. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I split up half the audience real quick when I play the first song and half of them like it and half of them don't, you know, <laughs> So. Well, and when you're an independent musician, it's like, oh, I'm losing half my audience, so 12 people will come to my show <laughs> instead of 24. Exactly. You know, I, I feel like if I can wrangle like five really friendly faces up front that, you know. I'm yeah, that feels great. That feels great. And, you know, we mostly play in places, at least I do, mostly play in places where I'm kind of like, the ambient noise anyway. So <laughs> that's another reason why I love songwriter circles so much, because I think that people who come to those shows really want to hear the stories behind the songs and they really want to dig in and listen to what mm. we have to say. And I appreciate that. Okay. So one of the things, one of the challenges I think we have is, as songwriters is sometimes we, we see things happening and we want to tell the story about it. And sometimes the stories are really uncomfortable. And so one of the things that I've tended to do 
in my music is take something uncomfortable and tell the truth about it, but still kind of make it like a party song. <laughs> and, um, and this is not one of those. <laughs> <laughs> this one's just really uncomfortable. Um, it's a story that you really cannot tell with humor at all. And um, there was a, a beautiful, beautiful um, young mom from my hometown who fell in love with a boy. And from all accounts, they appeared to be a very happy couple and she just gushed about how good he was to her and, and how she had just found the love of her life and um, it was not so long ago that he was arrested for her murder and it was um, an ugly violent thing that happened and it's uh, an ugly story to tell but it has to be told because we are living in an age where women shouldn't have any reason to be afraid of their partners, and yet um, we're not protected really the way that we should be. And I'm fortunate that I do feel safe in my relationship, but um, there are so many women who don't, and it's ugly, but it's the truth. And I think there's something that happens in, in relationships that, that are destined for abuse. There's a thing that's called love bombing. And I experienced that in a relationship when I was in high school, and thank God I got out. But it's, it's a very intense, the abuser will just intensely heap love onto the object of his abuse. And then he'll strip that love away and leave, leave her feeling empty and vulnerable and trying to earn it back. So this song is called Only Love. stars round a crescent moon her cheekbone feels like crackling bacon sizzling beneath her skin and she's shaking as he waits behind the door promises he's never gonna hurt her anymore she thinks it's never been this bad before and maybe now Thank you. 
I was uh, uh, going to ask, you know, with this uh, thing, I know you have some children and that you have, um, and that you've been stuck in the house and no, <laughs> and like, you know, on that, on that personal side of this whole thing, how does that, uh, how does that play out for you? How are you doing with that? Is it a, uh, you know, I, I've seen some stories on like the, on the real news with, uh, you know, Hey, it's, it's a real struggle to like homeschool the kids at the same time when you're trying to, you know, uh, do whatever other things that are regular that you would be doing. Uh, how, how do you feel about it? You know, I thought I was going to hate it. Um, because I'm, I'm a person who really needs alone time. I need it. And, um, I did not think that I would enjoy I love, I love my kids. They're so much fun. 
but I did not think that I would enjoy that much togetherness time. <laughs> and um, it's really, I think that it's been an opportunity for me to approach life differently than what I had been. Um, I think part of my anxiety was if they're home all the time, how am I going to work? And right now, I don't know if, if you're feeling this too, but it's like, what am I going to do? Like I can sit down and write. I can, I can do that, but it's not like I'm contacting venues and trying to get booked right now because for me, it feels weird to contact a venue and be like, Hey, I would really like to try to get some shows nailed down for summer and fall. I don't know if this um, lockdown has destroyed your business or not, but if it hasn't, would you like to give me some money to come play there? <laughs> so I just kind of, <laughs> I just, I've allowed myself to have this time to say, I, I need this time to just be with my family and I will spend time writing music and I'll take little moments and little pockets of the day to do that. And I've been able to say to the kids like, okay, I'm going to be working on the piano for the next hour. So I need for you to go somewhere else, <laughs> like go upstairs or this is, they're, they're old enough that I can say that and they pretty much respect it pretty much. Um, so it's really not been near the challenge that I thought it was going to be. And, um, I've actually kind of enjoyed it weirdly way more than I thought I would. Um, there are definitely days where, um, dragon mom comes out and it's like <laughs> it's it's ironic because they'll be yelling at each other and then I'm like you stop yelling at each other we don't we're a family we don't talk to each other that way I'm screaming it at them I'm screaming at them to stop screaming at each other so that's fun I know, I know. so I'm gonna play a fun song now Right. This is about a fellow I know.
Moonshine and Music is a presentation of Not Less Entertainment. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved. The producer for today's show was Joe Shelton. Our cameraman grip and stunt double was Brent Lee Smith. On cameras and all sorts of other things, Bailey Shelton. And our staff guru is Brent Schlemmer. Join us each Sunday for new episodes right here with Moonshine and Music.